So hello everybody. It is the last Monday in July, if I'm not mistaken. It is the 26th of July and welcome to what for the time being is the last scheduled Canary Cast podcast with myself, Cleo O'Flynn, down in Adeche and with and with Janet Elscombe in the mountains. Hello, everybody. Hi. Janet, how are you? You're you're nicely secluded in your little enclave. Yeah, we are in we are on the borders of a little hamlet and just on the edge of a forest, and we are as isolated as we can be. And it is going to stay that way, given the way case numbers are rising and Given the way some people are behaving, we are going to stay well away from civilized society for the foreseeable future. I think. Dear, oh dear. <clears throat> I mean, I'm so I'm down in a more touristy zone, and as we 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 mentioned to each other off air, so to speak, uh, certainly where I'm living in Kyoslovakia, there seems now to be wildfire is is the word of the week. I mean, the Delta variant seems to be just tripping through families and complexes and and you know groups of not just young people either but very young people I mean I know people from the age of 11 upwards who are ill they're not just infected but they're ill um, it, so... it seems to have stepped up doesn't it it seems to have stepped up a whole um a whole level hmm. not, not just going into level four I don't mean but I, I mean a whole whole level we've gone from as we were saying earlier we've gone from sort of 30 cases to 300 in certain areas yeah, in yeah. a very short space of time yeah. and that is down to the new variant well several perhaps new variants but particularly delta which is yeah. more transmissible and we we can see a tenfold increase in in case in, in a case case certainly there's a tenfold and from it, 40 and to 400 and in Girdesora as well, and the mayor the other day was saying that she is closing children's parks and other areas where people can meet. And of course, we are waiting now for the Supreme Court to rule this very week on, on the Canarian government's appeal, because the one thing they want to cut down on is the botellones, which are the gatherings of young people overnight mm. drink, drinking. And they think that really is one of the main engines that just is driving this sudden increase together with the new variant. Let's, so it's, it's let's have a quick look then at level four, Janet, because it's it's level four, but an edited version of it that has come into effect <coughs> in Tenerife from midnight last night. So can you just remind us what the restrictions are? Yeah, it came in, um, level four came in at midnight last night. And as we've always said, every time they change the levels, um, which they do based on scientific criteria and they meet at cabinet and they make these decisions on a weekly basis almost. <clears throat> the levels they choose, they then decide whether they need to tweak the actual measures that apply within each level. So those themselves change every time. And so, yes, we're in an adapted level four. Used to be um, closing at 6 or 6.30 p.m., for bars and restaurants. Now that's midnight. Any mm -hmm. non-essential things can, can stay open until midnight. It's still groups of four, I understand. Um, there is no curfew, but as we've said, we are waiting to hear whether one is going to be approved by the Supreme Court. And the, the main thing I think that people will see as different, because all 
we've said so far, the midnight change in the groups of four, this is just a continuation of what we had in level three, basically. What really changes is that to get into catering or cultural places like theatres, cinemas, auditoriums, um, and maybe some other places as well, you're now going to have to show um, a digital QR code on your mobile phone to show that you've either had the double vaccination or the single Johnson, or you've recovered or you've tested negative, but you're going to have to show that you are COVID safe before you're allowed into these Re venues. Regardless of the protests from many groups, and many individuals, this has now come in on a temporary basis, we believe, into Tenerife from today. I mean, I presume if you don't have a smartphone, you can get a paper printout as well from, from your health centre. As I understand it, a paper printout is available, and that is an EU requirement because there are some countries, I'm not sure now, I think it might be Hungary, but there is one Eastern European country that is only accepting paper. Okay. And so because there's an EU country that won't accept the digital version, they must accept the paper version throughout the EU. If you haven't got a mobile phone, and it isn't a legal requirement to have one, then you can get a paper version, but yeah. most of us will just have a little um, icon on the home page of our mobile phone screen. You want to go into a cafe or a restaurant, a bar or a theatre or a cinema, you just home screen of your mobile phone, click on the icon, show the QR code to the guy on the door, he'll scan it and you will be admitted because that little QR code will prove that you've that you are COVID safe because you've either had the vaccination or recovered or mm. have had a negative test. And I presume if you have underage children who don't have to be jabbed, they will also be allowed in with you. But I mean, we all that will be in the newspapers and, and on the government bulletin. Yeah, I mean, they, I think it's 12, isn't it? But you don't have to um, have any such tests and under the age of 12. But if you are a child, then obviously you're allowed in. It, it's like the group limitations. They only apply if you're not convivientes. Yeah. And this is only for indoor seating. So you can still That's go right. to an outdoor terrace of a restaurant. That's right. Okay. Yes. This uh, is for indoor use. I know that there are people who will say this isn't fair, this isn't right. But if you live here, uh, and if you've seen in the last week alone, how quickly this variant is spreading, how, how how short, I mean, it seems to be within a number of seconds that it can actually infect a person next to you. This is important. I, I also would say what is important to me anyway. I mean, I saw, I, I have to say, I was profoundly shocked to see the scenes in London over the weekend. Um, and it takes a lot to shock me. And I These are the protests, uh, Janet. These are the anti-lockdown, which doesn't exist, protests, uh, which include... Uh, support for Trump 2024, oddly, um, but also complaining about COVID passports being required and how this is a violation of personal freedom and human rights. And, you know, you shouldn't, it's coercion to require a vaccination in order to go into a nightclub. Now, this is the generation that says, you know, we, we can do anything. We, we, we are not going to be limited by anything. We can do what we want, fine, but get a grip on reality. It is not coercion. If you say to someone, your arm is falling off, I can save your arm, but I'll only do it if you've had the vaccine or you can be armless for the rest of your life. That's coercion. You mm. want your arm sewn back on, it's pretty important. Have the vaccine or no. It is a entirely different level of 
coercion, if you must use the word, to say, if you don't have the vaccine, you can't go into a disco. You know, get a bloody grip. Get a grip and, you know, sort your priorities out. Yeah, yeah. You have the right not to have the vaccine. No one's forcing you to have the vaccine. Mm. I have the right only to be in a place where there are people vaccinated, if that were to be my choice. Exactly. Because I, I, I still go back to the seatbelt argument. I know people will say it's not the same, but if I want to drive a car, if I want to be a passenger in a car, I have to wear a seatbelt. And I don't have the right not to wear it, even though it might exactly. restrict my movements or it might feel uncomfortable or it doesn't give exactly. me the liberty to, to bounce up and down in the car or dance, but that is the condition by law under which I am either a driver or a passenger in a car. I mean, I remember when seat belts came in for children in the back, it was considered appalling by many people. Yeah. And drink driving. <laughs> how, how many people drink, drunk and drove, drank and drove um, for years after the legislation came in saying, no one's going to take away my rights yeah, you, you actually are looking for the right to behave in a way that is not only illegal, but is actually endangering people's lives, as is proven yeah. by statistics. Or smoking, um, smoking on a bus. Smoking the on a bus. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you have the right to do all these things. What you don't have is the right to endanger other people's lives. So other people have a right to live in a way that makes them feel safe, just as you have a right, say, to live in a way that makes you feel safe and not having the vaccine. We have to learn to accommodate each other. You don't, your right doesn't trump mine. Exactly. We have, to, we have to accommodate each other. And yeah, what more Let, can one Let's say? see how it goes. Yeah. The, the other relevant thing, and I'm, I'm afraid, dear listener, our listener, um, this is possibly <laughs> going to be a heavy COVID cast. Um, thing we've been talking about is what happens to somebody who's here on holiday who gets COVID while they're here. And um, a couple of things. Now, we, we talked about this before. The regional government have for quite a while now had in place a security policy with AXA, AXA Seguro. But in effect, what it means is that if somebody is here on holiday and staying in, a registered holiday accommodation, whether that's a hotel or a registered vocational apartment let. The government, and they don't have their own private insurance, which would extend their stay if they have to quarantine. The government uh, insurance policy will do that. Now they won't if you're staying in your own apartment because they assume they're not, you're not gonna charge yourself rent to stay in your that's own right. apartment. Um, so it is limited, but I think it's a very good thing that the Canarian government have done. So if you are listening, if you're staying in a hotel and if you are a member of your family have got COVID while on holiday, go and talk to the hotel, let them know, because there is an insurance policy that will cover an extension of the stay and any medical treatment that you need to have. And I think that's important to, to repeat. I agree. I, I would also say that we are all in a state of heightened alert, aren't we, at the moment, because we are all concerned that things have gone up a, a stage, as we were saying, cases in a municipality, for example, that were running at around 10 a couple of weeks ago and now running at about 100 routinely. And this has happened in a very short space of time. People might be feeling a little bit worried if they feel slightly unwell because it's a kalima that you have a bit of a runny nose. If you are worried, it is important to say that you can now go and buy a test over the counter in a chemist. That is now legally. These tests aren't 
officially accepted. You couldn't use one to board a plane, for example, but you can go into any chemist now and you can buy a test for, the health secretary says, between six and 10 euros per yeah. test. And you can have a test to do yourself. It's just a fingerprint test, yeah. I understand. No, well, the, I've done it. Okay, good. Right, so the ones that I bought was a pack of five for 43 euros. Right. Um, and what you get, the one that I bought, it's an antigen test, but you have five little containers of liquid, five little pipettes and five, five swabs and five cards. So it's quite complicated. Swab right. the inside of both nostrils. You then stick it in the tiny tube of liquid. You swirl it round. I think all the instructions are in English as well. The big oh, instructions fantastic. in every language. Yeah. You then leave that. Um, you then shake that up. And then you put three drops on, on the card, the indicator card. Um, if anyone's ever done a pregnancy test, similar. And then you put that card on a flat surface to one side and you wait for 20 minutes. And if you get two lines, you're positive. And if you get one line up beside the C, which is the control, you're negative. So it's a little bit complicated, but like I say, the box that I got had instructions in very clear, easy to follow English, as well as other languages. Um, and nine euros, I know they're free in the UK. I think pharmacies can give them out. I would imagine, do you remember when masks first became obligatory here, they were, you to queue in line to get them in your chemist and I you know. to show your social yes. security card. <laughs> so it's quite likely, I'd say, if we follow other countries that in a couple of months, the price of these will reduce. I know in Ireland months ago, you could buy them in Lidl, for instance. Yeah. So exactly. I would say within a matter of months, now that they have been approved for use here in Spain, for home use, that within a couple of months, they're going to be available and the price will drop, would be my contention. Yeah, I, I would only add to that, that given your reference to a pregnancy test, it is up one's nose that one puts these yes, things. Yes, please, you're not peeing on the stick. <laughs> I meant the indicator <laughs> lines, that's all. Please don't pee on the stick. <laughs> or if you do pee on the stick and you get a positive result, I have no idea what to advise you to do next. That's all I'm saying. And, and, and the positive won't be at least for, well, well, whatever you will be carrying, it won't be another human being. In you. <laughs> no, but I mean, this, please do not, we are not doctors. We no, only, absolutely we, not. We only go by the latest information we have. Don't pee on the stick. That's all I'm going to say. No. That's, that's probably the title of the podcast now. Don't pee on the stick. Don't pee on the stick. <laughs> but it is it is a good thing to know that you can just walk into a chemist and get one of these tests. If you're feeling unwell, it could put your mind at rest within minutes. Yeah, yeah, that, 20 minutes. And, and I mean, but, if you, I the other thing, sorry to interrupt, Janet, but if you okay. do test positive, you then need to phone um, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that the doctor or your health centre, yeah. because you then need to go for a proper medically approved PCR test. That's absolutely right. Yeah, and, and probably quarantine. And yeah, on which basis they were talking only yesterday about the possibility now that Spain and maybe Greece will be put on uh, what they're now calling Amber Plus for return to the UK. The this is a, a new category that currently only applies to France because of the beta variant, which um, apparently the vaccines can now cope with, they said, but nonetheless, France is in Amber Plus, which means that although returnees from Amber countries don't have to go into quarantine, if you return from Amber Plus, you do. France is in Amber Plus and they are suggesting that Spain might go into Amber Plus at the next time. So if you are thinking of booking a holiday, 
on the grounds that there is no quarantine right now, at least bear in mind there is a possibility that mm. can change. And as mm. Grant Chaps has said, these things can change, you know, at the drop of a hat. They can change very quickly. Yeah, and not just because normally the UK make these announcements every three weeks. Yeah. But I'd say if it goes into a danger zone. I, and what you're saying also comes on the same day that I've seen on some Facebook sites that there is a belief that the UK are about to allow people who have been vaccinated outside the United Kingdom to, re yeah. to also travel there without having to quarantine as long as we stay on the amber list. So Absolutely. it's very confusing. We, yeah, we, we said, didn't we, that this would be a matter of time only and probably not much time before they acknowledge that the vaccines given in the UK are exactly the same damn yeah. vaccines yeah. as are given throughout the EU. In, in almost every single case, there is um, any vaccine that's been approved within the EU is accepted by the UK. There mm. isn't one. There might be one the other way around, but not that way around. And so there was no justification, really. The justification the UK gave was that documentation was the problem. And this is what I said a few weeks ago, that they needed to get the agreements in place for mutually yeah. accepted yeah. documentation. Because although coming from the UK into the EU, they're coming from one place, going from the EU into the UK, they're coming from any number of different places with any number of different languages. So you can sort of see the UK's point, their concern wasn't about the vaccine itself, but about the documentation yeah. proving the vaccine. Yeah. And we always knew it would just take a little while for that to be sorted yeah. out. And it, uh, it looks like they're about to accept. Especially, vaccine. I mean, one would think or hope that, I think Spain have always gone out of their way to maintain a healthy one-on-one -on -one bilateral relationship with the UK. And Spain yeah. were one of the first countries to happily accept the NHS COVID pass. That's right. So, you know, I think there will be a lot of reciprocity. No, that's the wrong pronunciation of that word. Reciprocal. But my other question, and this is a personal bugbear of mine at the moment, um, as you know, I mean, I was then trying to find out regardless of travel and borders and quarantines, what happens if an individual who's vaccinated here fully then goes to live in the UK, will that person's certified vaccination be accepted by a GP, by an NHS clinic in the UK? And so far I've been unable to get any official acceptance or any official confirmation. Now I am assuming that one doctor will, will recognize the scientific validity of a vaccination certificate from another country. But at the moment, there's, it still seems to be another gray area. I, I think the key, yeah, the key to this is going to be the EU digital passport and harmonization with the UK equivalent, which is currently unrolling rather piecemeal. Um, one of the, another of the joys of Brexit, these things unroll now, not on a block-wide basis, yeah. but country by country by country, and we have to live with that. Is an effect of Brexit, an inevitable result, and we have to wait until these things are coordinated now from the UK side with any number of countries rather than with one block. Mm. Yeah, because it, I mean, I asked in my local health centre in Armenia what their opinion was. Like, would a, a UK registered GP accept? And they just looked at me and said, "Of course." Like as far as they were concerned, and I think I know because I've helped other British people get a cert saying they have had received their first vaccination in Spain to bring to the UK for their second vaccination. 
one assumes there are batch numbers, uh, which shows, and they can be internationally accessed by any registered doctor. I mean, I'm hoping. Yeah, not only batch numbers, but factories in which they were made. And this was a particular problem early on with one of the AZs, because some of the AZs were made in India. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that gave a problem. So the, these, this documentation is a lot more complicated than even travelers might think. I mean, it is complicated even for travelers. The documentation has to show their name, their ID, their passport number, their date of birth, date they had it, when they had mm. the result, where it was analyzed. But of course, there's much more information even than that for the professionals. Who are Near, nearly as hard as trying to export sausages to Belfast. <laughs> I would, yeah, I, I think at the moment it's probably easier to get a vaccine into the UK than it is to get a sausage into um, Balamina. <laughs> we won't go there. We will not go there because that's just too much. Um, so that's protocols, vaccinations, travel, <laughs> travel rumours, from ambers to reds to greens. Janet, um, it, it's been a tough couple of months for us. Well, no, it hasn't. That's not fair. I suppose what I want to say is we have tried to bring clarity to people over the last couple of months uh, and keep it light, which hasn't been easy. But I know a lot of people are actually suffering. Neither of us have been ill, thank God. We've had our reactions to vaccines. Um, and I know a lot of people out there have been ill. So, you know, we haven't had it tough, let's be honest. I feel extraordinarily fortunate being able to isolate and live apart and to be vaccinated with without the slightest hitch to be <clears throat> to be processed as a as a member of the health system and to be given a vaccine that in my opinion in my personal circumstances i have no doubt would be life-saving mm -hmm. if i caught if i caught covid um and to know that the that we're in a modern country that is now up there with the best in the world in terms of getting the vaccine out yeah. and in terms of controlling the pandemic insofar as anyone can. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's been really, really hard trying to convey accurate information in a constantly evolving and changing situation and trying to make it light, trying to give people a smile as well when things are for some people extremely desperate. Exactly, and exactly. And, you know, to some extent, show no signs of rapid improvement over the next few months of people who are already struggling. All we can do is say, you know, we, we hope you manage to carry on carrying on. And it's a new normal, isn't it? We said it was a new normal. We've always said this is not going back to the old normal anytime soon, if ever. We have to adapt. And the process of adaptation is always difficult. And... I think we're doing the best we can, aren't we? Mm. I mean, we, and, and we will keep talking about it as long yeah. as people want to hear about it. The thing is, we're going to take, well, first of all, I'm going to shamelessly plug English Time, my radio programme with Radio Suradeje, because this Thursday will also be the last of the season. You yeah. please join me, Janet. Will do. Um, and I'm also hoping to be confirmed to be talking to David Perez, who is the Tourism de Tenerife councillor minister local itinerary minister and to Charmaine Arbonne who is the British consul for the south of Spain and the Canary Islands so you know we go over the same stuff with them but they are they are the horse's mouth they're the horse absolutely <laughs> they're the horses 
Um, yeah, they are. They should. So be. all being well, that will be Thursday from one to one thirty on one hundred seven point nine FM. Uh, and as I say, Janet, I need you there as my. You're my wingman. Right. Wingman. <laughs> my wingwoman. I will be there. And and to anyone who has enjoyed these podcasts, I hope you have a lovely August. We are going to take a break for August. And, and unless something really major happens, I, I think the only thing we are anticipating over the next month now, I think we will probably stay in level four, adapted level four for a little while now. Um, the only thing will be whether we have a curfew or not, and, and that is going to be a one-off, and, and that will be reported very, very, very widely, yeah. whichever way it goes, um, and we'll know by the end of the week. But with that exception, everything does close down in August. It's too warm to do anything. Stay safe, everybody. Wear a mask, mm. have a vaccine, and relax. And let's Have a see vaccine where we... and a chalk ice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, and a glass of wine at six o'clock every glass single evening. Yeah. Yeah. Chilled. Red wine chilled. chilled. This is what we do in the Canary Islands. We drink our red wine cold and we love it. I, absolutely. I prefer white, but my husband is a chilled red wine man. Very much so. He likes chilled red wine. Me yeah. too. Me too. Ah. You just thought I wasn't a drinker because I didn't I join you for, the, for the white wine. <laughs> for the white if, if I started drinking with Jeremy, it never have got rid of me. <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right well janet anscombe you stay safe i will talk you to you on thursday on english okay. time okay and as you say let's wish i wish everybody a happy august and if there's any major breaking news we'll do a a quick podcast bring you up to speed on anything but otherwise sure. stay safe uh stay healthy and have a nice summer hasta september hasta september love it <laughs>